Welcome back to another episode of Backlash Podcast. I'm Jeff with Team Rhino Outdoors. If you want to check out my company, visit TeamRhinoOutdoors.com. Once again, I have two co-hosts. I got to give Carrie a hand for all of her hard work that she's put in recently. We got Brad and Carrie Hoppy from Muskie Mayhem Tackle. If you want to check out their website, check out MuskieMayhemTackle.com. We're going to have two guests tonight. Our first guest is Mike Vesserath with the Chicago Muskie Expo and the Milwaukee Muskie Expo. And tonight we're just going to kind of talk about the venue, the dates, the times, where you can get some tickets. We'll talk a little bit about some vendors, some seminars, what you can do at the Chicago Muskie Expo. And uh, then after that, we're going to have Jeff Schulte on from Phantom Lures talking about all things Phantom and probably talk about how to make a crankbait. I think that's what we're doing, right, Brad? That's exactly what we're doing, Jeff. Looking forward to hearing from Mike about the shows and uh, should be fun visiting with Jeff later about uh, some of their products and hopefully a little bit of knowledge on uh, crankbaits. Absolutely. So, Mike... Uh, thank you for taking some time out tonight to talk to us about the Chicago Muskie Expo. We might as well spend most of our time talking about that one because, surprisingly, that one's first and it's right around the corner. We're just uh, a little over a week away from that show. Thanks for coming on, Mike. Yeah, it's coming on fast, guys. It's 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 amazing. Boy, I tell you, uh, Chicago Muskie Expo, it's been around for a long time, but uh, this is only like the fifth year that it's been at the Pheasant Run Resort which is in St. Charles. It's a nice venue because it kind of gives us this, you know, 40,000 square foot venue with all the baits, all the rods, all the guides, all the boats on the one roof. But, and then it kind of gives us the nicest side with the speakers. Tony Grant does a really great job with his road rules. He brings that whole show right in. And it's just an incredible group of talented speakers. And then all, not only that, we've got this nice, incredible pool so that you can see some incredible bait action during the event on Saturday. So, Mike, you talked a little bit about the venue, and we kind of talked about the dates. It's January 17th, 18th, and 19th. Again, that's at Pheasant Run in St. Charles. Why don't you, like, for the first time, you know, for somebody that's never been to a show, can you kind of explain to them, you know, what goes on at one of these shows? There's, I'm assuming there's some new listeners that are just picked up musky fishing and they're, they're just itching probably to get to a show. And if they're not, they really should. Cause now's the time, you know, this is show season. There's a bunch of them around probably somewhere in your area. If it's, if you can't make Chicago, you can make Milwaukee. Otherwise there's a few other ones that we can talk about later on this winter. want to give an idea of kind of what goes on at these shows, like hours and what you can do during the times of these hours. Right. So, like, um, if you show up on any given day, you're going to see some guides that are just incredible. They're going to teach you some really good tips on how to push yourself on a fish, whether it's on Friday and all of a sudden Friday afternoon. Actually, we don't like a guy by the name of Hendo is going to be doing a whole thing on safety, on, on what situational rareness, what you have to do in your boat, making sure that you don't hook yourself, stuff like that. All the things that we need to kind of do, even as practice veterans of fishing that you know at some point in time we just have to remember some of the basics always wear the glasses always make sure we've got the gloves on make sure we're doing you know just some really common sense things that are not so common sense things that we need to be reminded of and all the way from that into teaching us on dark water light water whatever we need to do that way so the whole litmus guide is there the whole guide thing is on our website, so it's not like you can't not figure out which day you want to show up for for whatever you want to do, but there's so many people that show up for all three days. So many people that do that. 
this past show season, Mike, you you started something new, and it, which was basically the new product showcase. And uh, fortunately, Musky Mayhem was able to win that with the new uh, single girl. And super excited about that. How was that actually voted upon, and how did it come about, Mike? The new product showcase is something that we felt that was necessary to really recognize the vendors that were there, the products that they were bringing forth, innovative, all that stuff. So. What we've done is kind of created a few different categories. What you won was the bucktail with the single. I've actually caught a nice, my personal best with a double cowgirl. You know, that's all good. That would have been a new category probably, I don't know how many years ago, but still an awesome lure. Bucktail, hard lure, a soft lure, tackle managed, terminal tackle, uh, best new musky rod, and then also fishing accessory, which... You know, there's stuff that always comes out that's just aiding, helping you become a better fisherman or at least a more effective fisherman. And then, of course, we always do best of show. Last year, you guys were the bucktail winners. That's awesome. This year, it's going to be exciting to see who wins. Last year's Outdoor Grips won the actual overall best of show new product. So every year, it doesn't matter what it is. It might be it might be one of the above categories, but you never know who's going to win it, but you're going to see some some of the best products coming out of the industry at this show. And that's who comes to the show, the people that want to win that award. And trust me, they want to win that award, whether it's St. Croix, whether it's Shimano, whether it's Pure Fishing, you name the company, they're all going, well, you know what? There's a good reason why we want to come to Chicago. And the reason is, is because of this award. And I have vendors that tell me that. So Mike, how's the uh, voting done on this? Like, is it done by the vendors at the show or is it done by the general public? Well, that's the beauty of this. Um, actually, it's a pure vote. So if you are a vendor at the show, you are given a ballot and you are given one ballot as a vendor and you are able to vote on each category. And we feel as the promoters that the vendors are the best people to judge as to who is going to be bringing the best products forth. We thought about it. We said, you know, consumers come in and they're getting pushed by social media or that. No. Vendors know what's good. They're in it 24-7. They're, they're in this business 365 days a year. They're the ones that have picked us. So if you win an award, you are being judged by your peers, and it's it's an actual awesome honor that if you win any of these categories, you have been adjudicated by your peers as the best in that category. So, Mike, uh, what's the seminar list look like this year? I know you can always offer um, really good people coming to this to the show and actually speaking about muskies and hopefully educating some of the consumers as well. It's an incredible thing to sit there and listen to some of these guys, the amount of talent that they bring. And each year it's amazing, even if they've spoken for one or two or three different years, what they're talking about. Whether they're talking about the different categories that they're catching on, what if they're talking about the different categories of water bodies they're talking about. Um, some of these guys have caught fish on 14, 15, 20 different bodies of water. Um, you know, we're talking about some of the PMTT, and if nobody's recognized what that is, is, you know, we're talking about a tournament of fishermen that are out there catching for multi-weekends, 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 and they're catching fish every weekend. And so many of us muskie fishermen can go, oh, you know, I've been on a tournament and skunk 
multi-weekend after multi-weekend after multi-weekend, but yet these guys continue to put fish in the boat. Guides like Spencer Berman, guides like Chris Tursano, guides like Jeff Remortal, guides like Doug Wagner. These guys are all there talking to you and speaking to you about how you can increase your odds in catching and putting a fish in your boat, regardless of what lures you're using, what temperatures are, what, what time of year it is. They're talking about the whole thing. It's an incredible event. I, I can't imagine how many times I've sat there and got kind of pinged because I'm, I'm actually putting on the events and I've got a pager on and I'm getting pulled out of events because I'm stuck. I, you know, it's not that I'm stuck in a seminar. I'm, I'm sitting there in a seminar listening to these and I've got people trying to pull me away. And I'm sitting there going, no, 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 no. I, I want to stay right here. So I, these guys are awesome. Greg Thomas, Mike Halbert. I, I, I mean, I, the list goes on and on. This year, actually, we're bringing Mike Keys in for Sunday of both events for both Chicago and Milwaukee, and I, I just can't wait. I can't wait to hear everything he's got to say. So there you go, guys. It's a, it's a great lineup. It's it's all on our website too, by the way. Just for people that are looking right now, what time is Mike Keys speaking on Sunday? Mike Keys will be speaking on Sunday at eleven thirty at Chicago, and he will be speaking on Sunday in Milwaukee. And forgive me. I don't have my website up about the same time, I'm sure. It'll be on our website. So any questions, muskyexpo.com. I'm just waiting for Carrie to get a seminar. With all of her fans, that thing will be packed. Oh, my God. Why do we not have Carrie speaking? Carrie, I have a question for you. Do you want to speak in Milwaukee? Carrie's not a public speaker. (laughs) Oh, come on. I'll make space for you in Milwaukee. No, no. Carrie's not a public speaker. (laughs) <laughs> she's a really she's a really good podcast speaker though <laughs> yeah that's the first we've heard of her tonight but i'm telling you straight up carrie we can have you come i mean you've invented some of the best lures in the business so come on bring it no no i i, I really i it would not be good it would be a total flop. all right i knew there was a reason why i wanted mike on this podcast <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, Carrie, I know you want to call me a donkey. You can do it right now. <laughs> no, um, you got to save that for the appropriate time. That would have been the appropriate time. Mm, I thought about it. Trust me. <laughs> but. All right. Well, Mike, I think that you got uh, some special offer for listeners of the podcast, and we might push it on social media a little bit on the on today when, when this podcast comes out, too. What You want to talk a little bit about that quick? Yeah, so all the podcast listeners that want to come to the Chicago Musty Expo, you are welcome to buy on our website, enter your name, and put in for middle name or in front of your last name, Team Rhino, or Musky Mayhem, so it'd be TR or MM. And with that ticket price, I will basically include in that ticket a $10 gift certificate that you can redeem at either Team Rhino or Muskie Mayhem. So it's pretty simple. You're going to pay full price, but in exchange, you're going to get a $10 Muskie Mayhem or Team Rhino gift certificate. And that's good for the Chicago Muskie Expo three-day ticket. And so it's a, it's a ticket that's good for all three days. They go for $30. You'll get a $10 gift certificate, but it also includes the VIP hour, which is good for 1.30 entrance on Friday. So if you want that 1.30 entrance on Friday so that you can get the best that these guys are bringing, 
which of course they're only going to have 50 or 60 of those lures or whatever, whatever bait they have, they're going to get sold out. And so that way you get to the front of the line. It's pretty simple. TR for Team Rhino, MM for Musky Mayhem. It's only the first 25. So if you uh, are after the first 25, I will give you the opportunity to cancel your order. So don't feel like if you're, if you're late and whatever, if you don't want to do it, that's fine. I'll immediately tell you that, hey, we're over the 25 limit, and, and that's the way that goes. But I just want you guys to be able to get into that Chicago show, get the best of Team Rhino or Muskie Mayhem, and that's what it's got to be. Put it right in your middle initials, and pretty simple. That's a super cool offer, Mike, and we truly appreciate it as well. It was really good, good to have you on here as well. So, you know, I'm looking forward to it. It's kind of right around the corner at this point. Yeah, we've got just a little under a week to go. That's, that's the way it goes, and we, it's coming so fast. Got just under a week to go. Um, it looks like the forecast is really good for the whole weekend. I'm thinking you guys can be able to find the ample parking that we have. It is free parking. It's at Pheasant Run. It's in St. Charles. It's really easy to get there from pretty much anywhere from the 14th state area. We've got people coming from all the way from Sweden this year. It's an amazing event. Come see Muskie Mayhem. Come see Team Rhino. It's well worth coming. And Mike, before you take off, you want to give them that website again? It's muskieexpo.com. It's, it's mu- that simple. Muskie with a M-U-S-K-I-E. You can you can type it M-U-S-K-I-E. You can type it M-U-S-K-Y. You can type. This is the beauty of Muskie Expo. We are the oldest Muskie Expo in the world. We're the largest event. You can type it in basically any way you want. It's going to come up. A Google search is going to find us. M-U-S-K-I-E Expo.com. Awesome. Well, Mike, we really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to come and talk to us about the Muskie Expo. We'll uh, see you in a little over a week. That's awesome, guys. Can't wait. Thanks, thanks Mike. Mike. Yeah, thanks, Mike. All right, we just got done talking with Mike with the Chicago Muskie Expo. Why don't you come out and meet Carrie and listen to her seminar at the... Wait, she doesn't have a seminar. She's not going to, but it'd be fun if she did. So what you should do is email backlashpodcast at gmail.com. If we get enough emails... Telling everybody we want a seminar from Carrie. We'll see if we can't get her to give a seminar in Milwaukee. It probably won't happen, but we'll, we'll pretend it would anyways. It's fun it's to give her a hard time. Gonna, it's not going to happen. We should shoot for it, though. It'd be super awesome. I, I don't publicly speak. I turn about 9,000 shades of red, and I stutter. So probably not going to happen. You don't stutter on the podcast at all. Let's just pre- We'll put a microphone in front of you or a cell phone. The only person I can see is Brad. Oh, and that's not that. That's not that. That's not good. <laughs> that that should make her stutter right there <laughs> no doubt all right anyways getting on to our guest for for this evening our second guest is jeff schulte with phantom lures thanks for coming on tonight jeff sorry we ran a little bit late we appreciate you staying up and talking to us not a problem glad to be here so jeff when we get a first time guest on we typically want a background on him what, what brought him to the musky world talk a little bit about what you do what your role is with phantom and talk about phantom lures for a little bit if you could Sure. Boy, what brought me to the musky world? Good question. Say a black and red reef hog. Uh, that was the first bait that I had my first follow on ever in leech, on leech. So it was probably a mid-40s fish, and it was the whole 
follow right to the boat. As soon as I saw it, I pulled the bait straight out of the water and just stared at it, you know, and from then on, I was pretty well hooked. You know, kind of fast forward, fate brought me a little bit closer to the sport, you know, working in it full time now. Just had an opportunity to jump on with Phantom here five or six years ago, helping with some of the sales and now doing a bunch of the painting and lure development and just trying to keep the wheels turning. So um, it's been a really fast five years for us, for me. And I had the opportunity to learn a lot about painting from Todd and uh, grateful for that. And just really pretty excited for where things are going, you know, with, with our company. So still love to get out and fish. Unfortunately, I don't get to fish nearly as much as I probably would like, but that's, that's kind of life. So I still get to deal with baits and talk about baits and fishing every day. So I guess I don't have it too bad. You should hang out with Brad a little bit more. He gets to go fishing all the time. I know. Yeah. He never answers his phone during the summer. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have his voicemail set up. I learned that the other day. Oh, he's got that figured out. He just gets everybody else trained. And then we know, uh, know to just text him or if he doesn't answer, you just got to call back. See, Brad, we all know who runs that business over there anyways. So, yep, we all do. She's got a fan club. She runs the whole business. She's a one man wrecking crew. Yep. You, you guys have figured out a lot. I've, I've known you for what three to five years, and and you've got it pretty much dialed in. I'm I'm not even going to argue. I mean, I think whatever it's been like thirty seven, thirty eight, thirty nine podcasts is all it took me to figure this out. <laughs> this is forty, I think. It could be. Mm. Normally, no, this is this is forty one. Wow. No, forty. 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 This is the yes. Brad, when we started, did you think we were even going to make it to forty? I wasn't sure if we would make it anywhere, honestly. <laughs> 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 uh but I, i'm surrounded by good company and um because of that i think we might make it a little longer 42 i'll give it 42 <laughs> i just uh, hope i'm not the last one i don't want that reputation yeah that would be bad <laughs> the jeff guy from phantom he he ruined that show <laughs> crashed the whole thing uh, i don't think that's going to be the problem jeff you know, you you've, you can offer quite a bit in this whole deal. And I think people should know about some of your new products and some of the new stuff that you guys have been working on. That's why you're on tonight. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'll let you guys throw out some questions and I can just start kind of spitballing and, and answering the best, uh, best of my ability. But I'm happy to enlighten people as much as I can. And I will say by uh, it's no shred of the imagination, I'm not an expert. I'm more than happy to kind of share my experiences with everybody. Well, I got I got one quick question right away, Jeff. You know, you said that that uh, that reef hog kind of changed your way that you look at muskies. What year would that have been? I mean, how long ago were we talking? I think I would have been oh gosh, sophomore or freshman in high school. So we're talking like ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah, so it's been a while. Really, I mean, that's it's cool that it. You know, you think about it, that's almost twenty years ago. So yeah. I remember that day and that time like it was yesterday. And and I think every muskie fisherman has that, you know, kind of that first, like, oh, my God, experience muskie fishing where, like, that's the hook, right? Like, it didn't take four fish for me to get hooked. Like, it took that one. We fished two days straight and didn't see a fish. It was brutal, brutal fishing. And it was flat, calm, high sun. And all of a sudden, there it was. I mean, and it was was on it. It would have eaten it if i just would have set it there for a half a second more and i just scared the living 
crap out of me, and I just pulled it straight out. And I just remember staring at that fish, and I think that fish stared up the side of the boat like, what the hell just happened? And then she took off. But, you know, that's that's the hook. That's why we all do it. Hopefully I've gotten a little bit better at figure eights. But, you know, it's, it's, it's that's what's fun about it. You know, it's, catching walleyes is fun, but there's to me there's just nothing that equals the, the boat side action that you get from these fish and how moody they are and whatnot. So had the opportunity to share the boat with you several times in the past three years and so yes i think you've shifted gears jeff i think uh you pretty much know what you're doing when you're uh when you're casting for muskies at this point so i think you made it <laughs> thank god that's all i <laughs> needed in life was validation from brad hoppy uh, after this <laughs> the rest is gravy so <laughs> wow I'm, I'm still waiting for that <laughs> yeah. I think you're both confused. <laughs> I do. I do find it kind of funny that he can remember so much detail about his first follow, but he probably can barely remember his kids' birthdays, and he probably definitely has no idea what time that they were born at. Because I know I don't know it for all my kids. I can give you a approximate time, but I don't know exactly. But oh, yeah. I can talk about my first musky experience really well. Right. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> I think that's probably a common theme through, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty wild how that all kind of comes together. Mm-hmm. It's a sickness, if you will. You don't remember what time Miko was born? Mm, I don't know that I can remember the exact time. No. One. 2.50 a.m. 2.50 a.m. There we go. See, now I know this. My, my wife would know that maybe about all my kids. I mean, I can give you an approximate, approximation, but I can't tell you exactly when it was. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew it was early, but the thing that she isn't sharing is, is that uh, when that all went down, I had been guiding, I don't know how many days. And uh, because it was 2.50 in the morning, I literally hadn't slept more than maybe two hours the night before and maybe four hours the night before that. Because when you're guiding and you own a tackle business, it looks really glamorous from the outside, but there is countless, countless hours of lack of sleep. And so when that all went down as Mika came early, yeah, we, uh, I was a little sleep deprived and uh, kind of a zombie for about two days, actually. Okay. I ruined that, didn't I? <laughs> no, I just don't, just don't think any of us knew exactly where to go from there. <laughs> That's where you insert the crickets right now. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Keep that handy. <laughs> Keep that handy. So, Jeff, since uh, the Chicago Muskie Expo is literally about a week away, you guys have any new anything new in the booth this year? Bait wise, no. My my hopes of having a smaller exorcist unfortunately floundered. I didn't get enough time to really work on it and get it get it tuned in. So new for us for 2020, we're going to have colors. I think we've got six new colors coming out. Some have actually been kind of adaptations from some of our best performing walleye colors, which shockingly are also really good musky colors. Icy Hot, which is a blue, silver, and orange, has is, is been a uh, good trolling color for us. One we call NBK, Natural Born Killer, we're pretty excited about. Prairie Sunset's another good one. We got Smurf, which is blue and white. So a little bit more kind of Cisco patterns, more white um, than the rest of our line had been. 
Um, a lot of our colors had gotten a little bit maybe darker, more natural, but given the trolling game, you know, what it is, we needed to get some more blues and some whites in there. So that's what's going to be new for 2020. You maybe should tell people something about the walleye line because I don't know that people really, there's a ton of people that know Phantom has a walleye line. Well, it's, it's proven fact that muskie fishermen never fish walleyes. So, no, actually, yeah, we, we've been in the, in the walleye crankbait side of things for three going on four years. And that's been, I mean, it's been a great thing for us, but it's been also very time consuming, which makes the R&D part of the muskie side more challenging. You know, we just got more plates spinning and unfortunately the same amount of hands trying to keep them in the air. So, you know, we've, we've been very, very blessed with that, but you know, that, that side of the business is doing very well also. So hopefully that continues to grow. And we, we've got a few baits that we just haven't gotten close enough on the muskie side to be able to, to bring them out. And rather than bite off more than we can chew this year, we just wanted to kind of keep things under, under control best we can. And, and the new colors will, will do very well. But yeah, if you, I mean, if any of you guys are walleye fishermen, bass fishermen, crankbaits in general, and then Keep an eye on our website for some other new stuff coming out here shortly. Definitely check it out. Um, we've been doing very, very well on the Great Lakes um, and the Dakotas for that matter. So, so you know, Jeff, over the past, is it been? I think it's been three years now. We, uh, I had the opportunity to kind of help with that, with at least using. I'm not, I'm not going to say that I helped design by any means because that was all you, Jeff. But uh, and maybe you can give some background on how you developed that hex bait. You know, the hex bait is a crankbait, and it's a pretty incredible, neat bait that has, it's plastic. It does have some wonder to it. It's available on both a 10-inch and 12-inch, and this past, or this year, I should say, you came out with the 7.5-inch. For my open water trolling, it's been definitely one of the tools that I go to every time. I have a couple 50-inchers on it this past season. I know that there's been some others out there, and tons of upper season, all sizes of fish, actually, so... It's a neat bait. Uh, why don't you talk to us a little bit more about that? Sure. Yeah, the hex has probably been in, I don't know, an idea at the very least, if not kind of in the works for probably five years. You know, the Phantom Lure body is it's just an awesome minnow frame. You know, it's just that the shape is, it works great for a glide bait. It makes an awesome crankbait frame. And so I can remember I had my first job up in Alexandria. I was part of the Muskie Zinc group up there. And we had some guys come up to do some bait demos. Is actually uh, Josh from Thorn Brothers came up. He threw one of Duff's baits out there, black and silver headlock, swam it for 10, 15 feet. And I was like, wow, that thing, it's that boogie, you know. And the older guy next to me said, nobody's ever going to spend that kind of money for one bait. Um, looking at that action, and I was like, yeah, they will. Like when they see that action, when fish see that action, they will. So I've always kind of, I've had such an appreciation for that bait and what he's been able to do with that. And I wanted to create a bait that had similar action, but wasn't just a straight rip, you know, a straight knockoff. So wanted to create something that was able to do certain things different. So we put the, you know, the pull points on the nose, which for my bait, it, it, or for not my, for Phantom's bait, that helped us achieve greater depth. You know, we're getting down to 22 feet with our 12 inches. It just kind of, it doesn't want to, it doesn't bottom out as much. So, you know, changing the lip shape where the lip is what kind of drives the bait. You know, we went through geez, piles and piles of sample size lips, sample thicknesses, different materials, so on and so forth. You know, started to kind of refine it down. 
Then you get into where does the lip sit in the lure? How far back? How far forward? What angle? And I mean, it's a lot of trial and error. You can get just about anything to run. I mean, obviously within reason, but it's, is it how you want it to run? Is it where you want it to run? You know, I think the 10 inch is the sweet spot for that bait is like 3.5 miles an hour. That thing is just wild. You know, I mean, it just really, that's the jam for that one. The 12 inch, it's a little bit faster. You know, that one really boogies that, that four, you know, 4.2, whatever. So, you know, as far as the creation of the bait, it was knowing, okay, I've got a really cool body to build off of. Fortunately, we had a lot of bodies to destroy, which I think I should have taken a picture of the box I had of all the different bodies that basically we tried and ended up throwing in the dumpster, but fairly certain it was almost over a hundred different baits that we chewed through, you know, to come up with what is now the hex, you know, and the funny thing is I'm sure it, it happens with a lot of baits. Certain things happen by accident, you know, miscommunication about, Oh, I want the lip to be this shape. And then all of a sudden you get it and it's like, Oh, that's different. Plug it in here. Or how actually I got to the hex lip shape was it was a rectangle, you know, run traditionally, just like a grandma long ways. I was like, I wonder what would happen if we just rotate that 90 degrees. So I turned it 90 degrees. So it was wide and fat and stubby and the bait just wandered like crazy. Obviously wandered too much and then, you know, it blew out. So it's like, okay, let's start honing in on this. We'll, we'll make it a little bit narrower, but make it a little bit longer. And we were able to kind of find that hexagon shape that, you know, kind of helped give it some of the name and, you know, it got to the action that we wanted. So long story short, it, you know, it started as just a hobby and a project and all of a sudden things started clicking and, and coming together. And, you know, we were able to deliver the hex. And in the meantime, due to one magnificent error of communication, we created the lip for the exorcist, which was like the greatest oops of all time. And it's, that's actually one of my favorite baits, but I guess we're talking about the hex right now. So, you know, and we were just able to match that lip we shrunk it down to the seven and a half changed the position of it in the 12 but matched it to the body and and you know kind of worked with the internal side of it and here we are well you kind of opened the door with the exorcist why don't you tell everybody out there what the exorcist actually is jeff in case what it is sure the exorcist is on our 10 inch frame obviously phantom lures is synonymous with glide bait has been since 96 that's the bread and butter that's what everybody knows. <laughs> Going back to my original story of how I got into muskie fishing, reef hogs were one of my favorite baits to throw for pike and for muskies. I, that was something that one of the first baits that I got put in my hand, it was a good one. I ran the living snot out of it. I ran a lot of perks as well. And so I always wanted a dive and rise or, you know, what I call for the exorcist, a, a dive and glide bait where you can still get it to rise back up at a little bit of a you know slow rise, cuts side to side, gets down to depth. And that's what we were able to achieve with the Exorcist. Is it's a, a fairly big bait. I like our 10-inch frames. I throw a lot of 10-inch gliders as well. But it's, it's a big bait that's somewhat buoyant, so it does rise up in the water column. You can get it down to, you know, on a cast seven feet. You know, if you slack the line, you can get that thing to swing almost 90 degrees side to side. So it's kind of the the best of both worlds and i i call it the the dive and glide but i've always had a love for that style of bait probably because of you know my first two years of fishing and the first fish i saw was on that uh reef hog and yada 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 but i'll never forget 
again, it's one of those moments that just gets seared into your brain. I was testing baits. I was on Miltona. I was out on the flat. And it was a little bit of a windy day, sunny. And I had all these different lips that I was able to kind of insert, cast, scroll it, see how it worked. And I had this little tiny one that was supposed to be two and a half inches long. And I think he made it an inch and a half long. So it was just a half moon shape. I was like, wow, this sucks. I know it's not going to swim, but I'll just plug it in there and see what it does. Well, it didn't troll or swim for, you know, it was garbage. But I gave it one tap on the rod and the thing just did a perfect 90 degree swing. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. Tapped it again, swung the other way. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Started playing with it a little bit more. Added some, you know, weight insert into it so I could get it to, to rise up a little slower. And boom, there we go. I think the first day, the first day I actually fished, I still have that bait hanging in the shop. We got a 48 and a 46 on it. And it was like, it was the best musky strike you can have aside from both sides. I mean, it was three-quarter cast length out, and there was no doubt. I mean, it was all fish when it hit. It was just the greatest feeling in the world. There's nothing better than making a bait and having, you know, having it produced that day or, you know, the first day you go out. Um, that's like the ultimate high for anybody building baits. But yeah, that was that was the greatest accident of, of my bait building career for certain. Well, I, I could say, I mean, Jeff's got a little bit of experience with uh, the Exorcist, what, two years ago, Jeff? We were kind of struggling on the water, and uh, that Ex- Exorcist definitely kind of at least put us in the ballpark where we were locating fish. You know, when nothing else was working, it definitely showed us where the fish were doing. They were being super ultra lazy. It eventually put us on fish with some, some other baits, but, you know, that's the neat thing about it. I mean, Definitely, when you get a bait that really moves fish, no matter what the circumstances are, it it puts something in your back pocket for later in the day. Not only that, but it does fish as well. I like how you just skipped over the other baits that we caught fish on. Now, this was Brad slow rolling a 10-9 in the back of the boat, about as slow as he can do it, and Brad was the one catching the fish. That's what happened. Brad, you skipped over that part. Yeah, copper rainbow, Brad. Yep. Like, like I say, I, I don't always need to be <laughs> preaching about our baits. So I, I did it for you. <laughs> I appreciate that. But, you know, I, the neat thing, like I said, I mean, ultimately, we were able to locate fish to go back on them later. Something that, you know, that's a huge point for, for any guide or any other muskie angler out there. I mean, when things are tough, you're just looking just to see one. You need to get out there and see one, and then from there you can make adjustments. That bait definitely came into that realm where it helped us put fish in the boat later in the day. The fact, yeah, no, that was a that was a good day in the sense of we saw a pile of fish. The hooking percentage wasn't the best. I know we lost a few too, but that's I mean that's the if you're not just going to throw bucktail bucktail or you know whatever like yeah I I use those bite baits or those bigger baits to try and find fish in the middle of the day. And like you said, if it's if you have people in the boat who maybe don't fish that much, they don't understand that it's kind of normal. You can go six hours and not see a fish. Like that's not something to be that surprised about for them. That's a long time. That gets really boring. So if you've got a bait that I can, can at least turn up some fish so you can say, okay, see how that one's reacting. This is what you're going to do when they're actually ready to eat. It's going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to catch the fish. That's why these fish are so dang frustrating. You know, every day they, you know, they can want something different, but, at least getting them to show up and tell you where they're at. That helps. So, so Jeff, I didn't mean to, 
to pull the conversation away from the hex. You know, the neat thing about the hex is, like I said before, you have three sizes. You just came out with the uh, seven and a half this past season. So the year of 2019, when did that actually come out? I know you had some at the shows, limited quantities, but from there it, it kind of took off, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, the shows we we kind of just show colors. We had limited, I would say, limited quantities. That's the blessing and the curse of, of the show stuff is, you know, we, we can't go all hands on deck just making crankbaits because we still got to have the gliders that guys want. And we got, you know, we got just orders to fill. We're, we're fortunate that we're busy that way. But, yeah, once we kind of got into, you know, May and, and June, obviously, when guys started using them, word started kind of getting out and you know we saw the orders definitely start to to tick i forget about wisconsin sorry wisconsin guys you know when i when i think of trolling it's minnesota it's all giant baits you know in by and large now granted obviously there's a lot of small bait stuff too but you know i was almost throwing it more of a as a casting bait as opposed to a trolling bait and we and we did have guys that were doing quite well on them casting but we also had a, a pretty good trolling bite going with it too so you know, the nice thing is it, it runs very similar to the 10 in that it's got good wander. It gets pretty good depth. It's cast a mile if you're going to cast it, you know, so it just kind of, it fell right in line. But it, it's nice to be able to offer something in that more, let's say, user-friendly size for those guys that want to cast it or twitch it or rip it or whatever. You know, the 10 gets to be a little bit of a burden to chuck all day, but that seven's is actually a piece of cake. And for a, a a beginner fisherman or for, you know, if you're taking somebody out who maybe doesn't have a ton of experience working hard bait, it's a hard bait that they can throw that does a lot of the work for them. It's got the launder kind of built into it. So reel it slow, give it a twitch, let it rise, reel it again, you know, pretty easy. So yeah, we were, we were really happy with, with how it went and we expect this year to kind of take off. I, I heard from a little bird at Keys Outdoors that they were able to get a couple on film here this fall. So I'm excited to see that and see what they were able to put in the boat. I think they had a, a pretty nice little tiger. So, yeah, no, 2020 will be, could be really good for that one. we got a lot more colors coming out, which will help to kind of, you know, cover across the board, and, yeah, we'll just keep it growing. I think you, you touched on it. I mean, the guys that really are serious about twitching and, and ripping crankbaits, I've told a lot of different people shows and different people that I've guided, but, you can use that 10 inch bait. And honestly, I, I really think that uh, a lot of times that's easier to twitch than some of the other crankbaits that people are used to twitching, you know, but that seven and a half is definitely going to make life even easier. But one thing I think that maybe you're forgetting about is, you know, St. Clair. I mean, the seven and a half was kind of shined out there as well. Yeah. You know, honestly, we were out there and, June was it? Uh, we fished with Fins and Grand Spontano. We all of our fish were coming on big baits, so we never really got the the smaller baits to to click, you know, at that time. But as the year warmed up, those smaller baits started to kind of perform a little bit better. Obviously, this was a really super cold spring, so I think the big fish was I think we had a fifty one and a half, and that was on a ten inch hex national perch. And they were just that's what they wanted at that time. But yeah, no, so as, as the water warmed up and, and summer kind of got underway, that seven and a half started to, to pick up. And I mean, truth be told by the numbers, we didn't even have that many baits out that direction, you know, so I'm very excited for this coming year. Um, you know, now that guys are starting to get them in their hands to see what they're going to be able to do with it when they really start putting it into their program and giving it a fair shot. And 
you know, I'm as guilty as the next guy. I'd buy baits and I put them right in my tackle box and I never throw them, you know, and you go back to the same five or six baits and, you know, when do you try them when fishing's tough? Well, that's not fair to a new bait either. So, um, yeah, we've got a little bit of a lag from when guys buy it to, you know, sometimes when they put it on and actually give it an honest go. And uh, I can tell you again, as a bait builder, there's no better feeling than getting a picture of, you know, a guy, you know, I just bought this hex casted three times and I got this fish. And it's like, okay, yeah, you're hooked. You know, that's, that's the best gratification that you can get. And we had that happen more than a few times with the 10 inch, you know, and, and with the seven and a half, we had some nice fish pulled out from all axis here too. Um, those guys were casting it. They weren't trolling it, but you know, it's getting quality fish and, you know, that size of bait kind of catches everything. So yeah, it's, uh, this upcoming year will be, will be a good year for the, for the hex line. Hopefully. I shouldn't say this because then people will hold me to it, but hopefully we'll have the six inch done for 2021. That's wow. You, you had one up your sleeve. I didn't even know about that one. I don't want to say it's far from being done, but it's not close to being done. So there's still a lot of R and D that needs to happen with that one. So, but I know, I mean, that size is just, I think uh, it's going to be a really good size for those guys out east and for, you know, the casters and twitchers around here. So, Hopefully we can get it tuned in. Hopefully I get time to work on it. Hopefully I get time to fish this summer too. So we'll see which one takes priority, but I'd really like to have it done next season. So I'm, I'm curious as you, you just said it, you know, I mean, how long will you R and D it, Jeff? I mean, I think it's asking the people, I know, you know, us at Muskie Man Tackle will fish it at minimum a year. Definitely have it in a bunch of different people's hands because we believe Quality is number one. I mean, without quality, we're nothing. So how long are you R&Ding a particular bait before you do release it to the public? I mean, generally that, that one season, like you said, kind of that year, that's, that's the ultimate hope, you know, to get a full year on it. Like I know with the hex before the 10 inch, before we got it out, I wasn't able to really get it out in the spring trolling window, which I kind of missed that. But, you know, after guys ran it and they saw the action, it was like, well, I mean, it's going to catch. Like, it's it's good to go. Like, it's just, that's what we want. We want a bait that can go deep quick. We want a bait that's got wander, uh, you know, a bigger profile. Like, it's going to go. So we decided to go with it. The little baits are a lot more finicky, at least from from my experience. Weight-wise, you know, the tolerances are just tough more more difficult especially when you're doing aluminum lift you know where they're just heavy you know so you got to kind of counter that big heavy lip and guys want aluminum so we're looking at doing like our seven and a half you know a little bit lighter grade aluminum it's more of uh, i can't remember the exact number on it but it's more of an aircraft grade so it's a little bit lighter and you know that that extra bit of weight loss has been has been helpful and I mean, we'll, everything matters, your screw length and how much that weighs. You know, we use screws. We're not using through wire. Everything's glued in, sealed in. I mean, the tensile strength on it's more than enough. I mean, you always get the guys that are like, oh, you know, screws, that, that, that. It's like, geez, how many 40-pound 40, 40 fish have been reeled in on headlocks and matlocks? You know, I mean, it's just the numbers are mind-boggling. So the screw tensile strength is fine. It's, a lot of it's getting the weight, you know, epoxy. We use couple coats of epoxy and that stuff gets thick and heavy so you just got to account for that and that's honestly that's the hardest part is you can get one bait to run really well 
but then you've got to be able to replicate it. And there's always things that go wrong when you try and, you know, speed up that production process. You know, the jig that you use to cut the lip joints in, all of a sudden it's off a few degrees. And, you know, bad news bears, you know. Our, you know, our prism stuff requires even more clear coat when we do our prism base. So that adds weight. So, yeah, you want that as much of that time for the durability side, you know, to kind of come up with some of the, try and catch some of those things. And like I said, things still happen where, you know, you don't catch it. You know, we will, I'll be honest. We had a, a few of the, the hexes that the clear coat split and I had to backtrack and think about, okay, why in the heck did that happen on these baits? And so you go back and you go back and you go back and did we change any products? Did we do this? Did we do this? And that's all it was, you know, was, was a primer that we have used forever on other stuff we used on this and it just it didn't jive and it's like ugh. little little things can be gigantic headaches you know you just got to address it but that's where the, you know having the, the test run and having everything just totally dialed in so that it doesn't change i mean that's that's our biggest uh biggest thing and, and it's a challenge for everybody so probably opened pandora's box there a little bit but yeah you, you got to test that stuff you can have a great bait but for us, can you replicate it? You know, how do you how do you make that multiple times over? I've got a lot of baits in my box that I'll never throw again because they don't run. But I have one that looks identical and it runs totally different, and it's a magical lure. I I just can't get another one to run like that. You know, for and every you know a lot of a lot of um, companies have that, and so we're we're trying to avoid that. So yeah, well, that's the main objective. I mean, it's not always easy, Jeff, and. I think a lot of uh, consumers, they end up impatient with that. You know, ultimately, nobody goes into lure manufacturing, wants to have issues. So, I mean, we, we get it, right? Well, and that's, you know, the other thing is, and I, I mean, I'm as guilty of it as the next guy until I got into it, you know, as far as I am. Musky companies are not big companies. You know, look at you guys. It's, it's Brad and Carrot, you know, and and Jeff, what you're able to do is team Rhino with the hands that you have available. I mean, the amount of work that gets done is, I mean, it is impressive. You know, we're not businesses with 18 employees and, you know, all this stuff. Like, there's three people in a shop trying to paint baits, fill orders, answer questions, the whole deal, you know. So it's, it's that's what makes it fun, but that's also what makes it really challenging as well. So, and I think the challenge is why we enjoy it. I think we can just say that Carrie and my wife are just freaks of nature and they can get it all done. And that's how we get everything done. Right, Brad? Yeah, I, I won't deny any of that. I think we're both very fortunate in that realm. But, uh, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still involved. And, you know, we rely upon one another when, when we have issues like what we we're just talking about. I mean, it's not easy. And we want what's best for the consumer. I mean, we definitely are always looking to to be the best and and that means quality in my opinion so you know it, it's a challenge it really truly is and i think we just heard that from jeff as well i mean that that's what it's really the bottom line is truly about is making great solid products and something that we can be proud of and that the consumer is proud to own as well there's times when there's issues and some of those issues we're aware of until it actually happens you know so I think we all try to test as much as we possibly can to put the best product we can. But, 
yeah, it's it's a part of the whole gig. It really truly is, unfortunately. Yeah, there's no uh well and obviously we buy supplies from other people who sell supplies. You buy blades from somebody, I buy paint from somebody. We had an issue this year with our clear coat where I mean it looked like it was oil and water and we couldn't figure out we you know, we put clear on, it looked great, you know, get it drying and it, you'd come back and it was dry and it looked like I mean, literally oil and water, it's just separate. We couldn't figure out what was going on. Come to find out, for those of you guys who are bait builders, clear coat and silicone, they don't work well together. The manufacturer we were buying paint from, who we bought paint from forever, somehow has silicone contamination in black. Their black paint that we had gotten, we had like a dozen bad bottles. You put black on everything. Like the amount of baits that I threw in the dumpster was disgusting. And we couldn't figure out what it was. I mean, we talked to the manufacturer of our clear coat, and they said this is the only thing that we can think of right now that it would be. It's either contamination in your building or it's contamination in a product. And we narrowed it down to the color black, and we threw all the paint away. We unfortunately had to scrap all those baits. I mean, and that was in April, like the worst month to be having issues like that. But that's just life. You know, that nothing goes as, as planned, I guess. And, and you just got to deal with it and roll with it. Fortunately, we figured it out, but you live to learn. But yeah, don't, don't put silicone, no silicone lubricants if you're doing clear coat. It'll jack your stuff up. I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised uh, you guys would be busy in April. I think we're all pretty slow about then. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was being sarcastic there, Carrie. <laughs> Don't, eat, don't, don't get crabby at me just for my earlier comments, all right? No, I'm not. <laughs> I know. You just want to go to bed. I understand. I could use a little sleep. Me too. I've been working too hard. Website stuff. My wife doesn't do that. She'll pack orders, put stuff away, check things in, place orders. She does not do any website work. That's all me. Well, you do. Ha- she does have to draw the line somewhere. I know. I can't. I mean, you'd think that she'd be able to handle that too. I don't see what the problem is, but whatever. She probably could, but. At some point, we must refuse to do some things. Oh, is that how that is? Oh, I roll. Oh, well, don't don't tell her that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, does I, she listen to the podcast? No, she doesn't. <laughs> she 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 won't listen to this. You you hope? Well, I mean, I don't care if she does. I don't <laughs> I don't say anything bad about her. No. I actually say how she does all the work, which is cutting myself a little short because I do some of it. I think I probably actually do more than I give myself credit for on the podcast, much like we probably do for Brad. I'm assuming Brad does more than we lead on for the podcast, but... Uh, uh, depends on the month. Oh, sorry, Brad. It's it's a never-ending battle. You're never going to win this one. So. <laughs> That's why I'm quiet. <laughs> That's all right. Next year, we're going to go cruising around in our brand new jet boats and film some YouTube stuff, right, Brad? I'm with you. Brad's going to cruise around in your brand new jet boat, not his. No, no, no. We're, bo- we're both getting them, remember? No, I don't. Matching. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeff, we had talked about the Hex. We talked about the Exorcist. But in reality, Phantom Lures has been around for a while. And what they're really known for is their jerk baits, the glide baits, the soft tails, the regular stuff. For people that are new to the musky industry, why don't you talk a little bit about that product line? Because that's really the bread and butter for Phantom Lures. Yeah, that was, I had really no part in, in any of that. I was fortunate to walk into that kind of legacy, I guess you could say. You know, I 
I love seeing when people ask the question, what are the, what are the first 10 baits I should buy? It's always awesome to see six inch phantom soft tail, you know, Canadian crush. Like that's, that's one of those staple baits. And it's such an honor to be, you know, to be a part of that. And I, again, I had no, no doing with that. Um, but that, I mean, that is our hallmark. It's, it's a bait that, I mean, people have thrown for 20, 25 years now. You know, that Canadian crush is a, is a, just been an awesome color. It's still our number one selling color. So yeah, the, the glide bait side is where it all really started. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny how things so, are so cyclical. They were popular and then that, you know, glide baits in general kind of died down. And now we're starting to see a nice uptick again. And maybe the fish just haven't seen them as much as they used to. And now they're eating them again. So who knows? But yeah, the, the glide baits, the soft tail specifically, the six inch size. That's that's our breadwinner for certain. That's been a staple for a long, long time. Well, I know the neat thing about some of those baits, Jeff. You know, as a guide, a guide's input definitely a go-to bait when you have somebody relatively new to the sport. They're out there, maybe their first time, second time, whatever it might be. You know, the neat thing about your gliders is that anybody can run them. It's pretty simple for for the new angler. Yeah, and that's you know the. The addition of the tail helps. It's always moving. You know, you've always got action. I personally throw a lot of standards, but maybe I'm just stubborn. Uh, but that, yeah, that soft tail is is easy to work. You can tap it. Honestly, we've been getting a lot of guys getting fish lately, casting it and just slow cranking it in, and it's got a really good sway to it with the standards. It's got a nice kind of wobble swim, wide wander. So they're just finding new ways to fish it, which is great. I mean, that's awesome for us. So yeah. For a new person to to a very experienced person, it's it's been a it's been a an awesome awesome bait. That is one thing I didn't mention earlier. I do have I don't know when we're gonna if we're gonna release it, but been doing some weight adjustments in the six inch to make a a specific bait for the pike fishermen that has been doing fairly well. And I'll just leave it at that. You're opening some uh, some big questions there, Jeff. Well, fortunately, I got some big fish to back it up, which helps, but I didn't catch them. But we worked with some pretty, uh, pretty serious pike guys. And, and uh, you know, again, it started off on a trip three years ago. And I guess Backlash podcast, this is a little bit fitting. I had caught two fish on it and thought I was going to be kind of smart and bonsai cast all the way out there and backlash it and snapped the line. Buddy that was fishing in that area found it about a week later and has proceeded to absolutely destroy fish on it since um and remind me every time he takes it out so um yeah hopefully we'll have that one really buttoned up and and uh ready for sale i don't know that we'll go mass mass production on it but i could see a, a team rhino getting a few once we're ready it's funny how things work out you know you lost the bait he finds it we kind of have a similar story with musky mayhem too so no, that's that's really cool, Jeff. We look forward to seeing what that's all about. Yeah, I'm excited as well. All right, Jeff, we really appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule to talk to us about Phantom Lures. For people that want more information on Phantom Lures, can you direct them where to go? Yeah, uh, phantomlures.com and all the musky stuff, walleye stuff, that's all right there. Or give us a shout on the phone or, or Facebook works as well. So other than the upcoming Chicago Muskie Expo, what other ex- expos might people see you at this year? Uh, we'll be at Milwaukee and then Minnesota. And we're actually going to, we'll be in Michigan for the Novi show, which is a little bit more of a Great Lakes trolling show, but 
we're bringing some musky baits there because they got some good fishing that way. So, yeah, swing on by Chicago, Milwaukee, Minnesota. Say hi. It'll be a good year. We've got some. We've got some good colors coming out. You know, we've got seven and a half rate of rock, so we're excited for it. I know for anybody that's listening, Team Rhino Outdoors definitely has a full line of phantom lures, and I'm willing to bet you will not find a larger selection anywhere. I can pretty much guarantee that, actually. And those new colors that he spoke of earlier, we definitely will have those too in pretty much, I think, every bait that you guys have them available in, except for maybe we don't right now have them in the 12-inch hex. I think that's correct. I got to check if we got 10-inch soft tails yet or not. But yeah, four, six, seven and a half for sure um, in gliders and, and seven and a half and 10. So it should be some good trolling colors for those, those early season guys. And Brad and Kerry, why don't you guys talk a little bit about Muskie Mayhem Tackle? Yeah, for sure. You can reach out to us any anytime or check out our website, and that is uh, muskymayhemtackle.com. And the other way that you can reach out and see some of our product would be through Instagram and Facebook. Again, Muskie Mayhem Tackle. Uh, they're originators of the big flash boo baits and love to uh, hear some input and see some pictures of some fish got out there. And if you're interested in getting in touch with Backlash Podcast, you can find us at backlashpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. The other places you can find Backlash Podcast are iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Overcast, TuneIn Radio, and I think that might be it. For Team Rhino Outdoors, if you again, as I mentioned it earlier, if you want to find a huge selection of phantom lures, we easily have the largest color variety of anybody out there. Check out teamrhinooutdoors.com. We have not only do we have the phantom products, but we have a wide selection of other products, including musky mayhem tackle. If Carrie and Brad are, you know, getting out of the deer stand and uh, building some new colors, we should have some new stuff from them also, along with a bunch of other new products that come out for 20, 2020. I'm so used to saying 2019. So you can also get in touch with Team Rhino Outdoors via Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. I know I've been teasing it for probably the last three episodes. Hopefully by now I actually edited a video for YouTube. I can't say whether I did or didn't. So, but I'm hope, I'm hoping that by the time you hear this that I did. And I think that's about it. The last part that I would say, Jeff, is uh, looking forward to seeing all of our listeners at the Muskie shows. And, you know, we're a week and a half away at this point from the Chicago show. So looking forward to seeing everybody. Um, let us know what you think about the podcast. It should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to getting out on the road. Actually, the Chicago show is always the best one for me because it's the first one. So I've only set the booth up for the very first time. I haven't taken it down three other times or four other times, you know, and by the time you're in Minnesota on Sunday at three o'clock or whatever the time Minnesota closes four o'clock, you're so ready to tear that booth down. In Chicago, it's like, yeah, not, not such a big deal. We still got three more of these to go. But by the time Minnesota rolls around, you're ready to be fishing. I would 100 <laughs> I, I think we're all in the same boat there. Absolutely. Well, Jeff, once again, thanks again for coming out and talking Phantom Lures on the Backlash podcast. We appreciate all of our listeners for listening. Quite honestly, it's amazing that you guys have all stuck around for however many episodes we have going. What is this one, Carrie? What did we decide? This was 40 or 41? I think it's 40. All right. For 40 episodes. I mean, like I said earlier, Brad and I and Carrie probably didn't anticipate the reaction that we've gotten from the podcast after 41 episodes. In fact, I would 
probably think that it was just going to be my parents and, you know, Brad's mom listening, but apparently there's a few more than that. We've heard from a lot of them. And we look forward to talking to many of you at many of the winter sports shows. So thanks again for listening. We'll catch you all next week. Thanks, guys. Have a good night.